Hello and welcome to Stopchar, a podcast run by high school students where guests share their unique perspectives on arts, education, society, and more. My name is Janet. I am your host for this episode. Today we are joined by Kanan. Hey guys. Hello. Previously a homeschool student in China, Kanan is currently a sophomore at Asbury University. Majoring in media communications with a film production emphasis.、Mm-hmm. Okay, Anan, we're really glad to have you today. Thank you for having me. I'm very pleased, very happy to be with you all. Today, Kanan will be sharing about his college and education experience in the United States. So, yes, let's start with some just general questions about college life. What、okay. does a normal day in college look like for you? Yeah, so well, in college, it really depends. So,、um, what I find that's different from college and high school is that you have more free time in college. In fact, when I look back at my high school schedule, it seems like my classes are more filled up in high school than in college.、Um, but it also depends on how many credits that you're taking. So, for Asbury University, and I think for many other universities,、uh, it ranges from twelve to eighteen credits. So, the minimum credit that you have to take is number twelve, and then the maximum is eighteen. So, depending on that,、um, your classes may differ. But for me, a normal day would probably look like、um, so: we have eight a.m.s or nine a.m.s. So that's the earliest classes that we take.、Um, I usually have. Two days in a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, where I have eight a.m. classes, and then I have nine、um, a.m.s or ten a.m.s at Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So at Asbury, we also have、um, chapel on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and that's on、um, at ten o'clock. So sometimes I'll have classes before then, but for this semester,、um, my first class during Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is chapel, and then that is a required chapel that students has to attend. Um, so、uh, a normal day on a Monday will probably be like I'll wake up and then go to breakfast. After that, I will join chapel at ten o'clock, and then depending on the day,、um, I may have two or three,、um, sometimes four classes throughout the day.、Um, but usually, it finishes around three or four o'clock, and afterwards,、um, Monday evening. Um, I have a small group study, so kind of like a Bible study, and then、um, I am the SLA of my hall, which is、uh, stands for Spiritual Life Assistant. So there's the RA, the Resident Hall Assistant, and there's the SLA, the Spiritual Life Assistant.、Um, I'm I'm one of the SLAs, and then、uh, for my hall, so we will conduct. I will conduct a、um, like a small group Bible study on every Monday night, and then. Yeah, that goes from nine o'clock to ten o'clock, and that's pretty much when the night finishes. That that's the end of the day. Yeah. Wow.、And、yeah. Depending.、Busy. It is. It is kind of busy. <laughs> Depending on uh, like different days of the week, it could differ a little bit. Um, say, uh, I'm also in the orchestra playing violin. Um, so we have orchestra practice. It's very very interesting how the classes is divided, but we only have one class every week, and that class goes from six thirty to nine o'clock, which is a two and a half hour class on every Tuesday night. So depending on different days of the week,、um, it could be slightly different.、Um, but my Tuesdays are pretty much the the busiest days just because of that class and the other classes that I'm taking. And I also start Tuesday earlier because I have an eight a.m. class. So. 
that's kind of like how a day looks like. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So with so many things to do, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. what are your favorite parts about college life? And what are the most difficult parts? Mm, that's another very good question. I think um, there are many things, obviously, many things that I love doing in college. Um, and then I really love about Asbury because it's a relatively smaller campus. And then um, you can actually get to know the people that you spend time with. Um, so one of my favorite things is just whenever school is finished, whenever I'm done with my homework, I love to go hang out with people, love to um, perhaps like on a Saturday, on a weekend, um, there's a hiking trail that's beside our campus. We'll go hiking um, or sometimes just hanging out with friends, um, just be with friends, have, grabbing dinner or watch a movie. Um, those are just some of the highlights that I like uh, about school. And then the difficult part is definitely uh, one of the difficult parts is to manage your time wisely. Um, yeah, especially when you have, you know, academics and then you have your social life. And then you also have a whole level, different level of personal life um, because at college, obviously, you're no longer living with your parents. So you have to manage your own um, personal living space. You have to sometimes cook for yourself. Sometimes you have to um, just balance your time on when are you doing laundry? What are you doing on Saturday mornings? And um, to balance all of that, I think it's uh, one of the difficult things, but it's also an interesting thing. And you can really see how you um as time passes, as time progresses, uh, to see yourself grow in that area. But I would definitely say uh, during my freshman year, um, that is one of the difficult, more towards the more difficult side of things, uh, is to, just to balance my time well. Mm -hmm. So I feel like time management is a lifelong struggle. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, it could be. And let's hope that it's not. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, mm, so, well, the United States policy on COVID is obviously very different from ours in China. Um, right. How does your university manage COVID or just what are your experiences with COVID there? Yeah, so um, our school is under several policies. There is the Kentucky policy where it's generally uh, controls the entire like Kentucky state. Um, and then there also is another one that controls our city, um, the city of Wilmore. Um, and then there's one that um, like each school has different policies. And then it also comes down to different classes. Sometimes teachers, professors, they will have different policies. Um, for us, most of the time, whenever um, you have been in close contact with someone who has COVID, um, then you will have to report that. And then depending on I think it's mm, depending on the COVID test, yes. So uh, as soon as you recognize that you have been exposed, you have to then oblige to take a COVID test. Um, if it turns out to be negative, then you're fine. Um, most of the times, students are not required to wear masks, whether that's in class or outside of class. Um, for the last year, we were all required to wear masks um, whenever we have chapel, because chapel is like a whole campus thing and everyone is in the same building. So that's when we're required to wear masks. And then uh, also some of the classes, the professors will require uh, students to wear masks. Um, but that's depending on different professors that may differ. Um, starting from this semester, this year, um, 
there hasn't been a required um, period where students are required to wear masks. So most of the time students, um, whenever they're outside or in class, um, people won't be wearing masks. And then, uh, but our cases has been relatively low for the majority of the time. If say that you you got COVID, um, then first of all, you have to move out of your dorm room. Instead of staying on the hall, we have a COVID housing. So um, you will be moved to the COVID housing that's relatively separated from the rest of the school community. Um, it's only uh, not, not far, really not far away from campus. It's like five minutes walk, um, but that's where they, uh, we will put like people who have COVID. Sometimes they will allow you to do it um, in separate rooms inside the hall, um, but that's a different policy. But yeah, and then there will be students who would um, who will be working as meal deliverers. So they will kind of deliver the meals for you. Um, you would sign up. Uh, so there's an online form where you would have it um, on your computer and you can sign up, say, I want breakfast, I want lunch, and I want dinner. So during those times, you specify what you want, and then the students will bring the food to your door and then leave it there and then you can grab it that way. Yeah. And then usually quarantine doesn't last for um, longer than a week. It's usually shorter um, starting the semester. And whenever you feel like you have recovered um, and you have taken a COVID test that turns out to be negative, um, and that's when you can get out, get out of quarantine and move back to your dorm. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you. Of course. So, mm. having having been there for two years now, what for you? What is the significance of college, or like what is something that you can only learn here, there? Mm. Yeah, that's a very good question too. Um, one thing that I've been thinking about lately. Mm, if you ask me this question when I first came to college during my freshman year, I would probably have a different answer. Um, but now that I'm thinking more about this, I realize uh, academics is not the entirety of college. Obviously, it's something that we all look for when we first apply for college, and that's a big factor um, on determining uh, which college we go to. But now that I've been here for some time, and I, as I look back and I think about the things that I learned, um, academics is, is part of it, is part of a bigger picture. And I feel like um, the ability to live in a community or basically to, to be a human, you know, to, to live with other people, to live with your peers. Um, how do you manage your time? How do you um, manage your relationships with, um, with your friends, with your professors, with your um, friends' parents? And all of these things, um, it's like social skills. That is also, I think, a big part where I get to learn in college. Um, and I remember, this is very off topic, but I remember watching a uh, YouTube video that Elon Musk was talking about this. And then he was saying just how, um, like you don't, uh, like if you truly want to study, there are lots of resources out there. There are lots of knowledge out there um, online. So if you really want to study, um, you don't necessarily need a college degree for you to be educated. Um, but I think, uh, the importance of college is to form the um, uh, the ability to uh, to recognize that and also to spark your interest. Um, that's also, I think, one thing that's very important 
um, about college is that there are many resources that's already provided for you. Um, so say I've, I've never played in an orchestra. I played um, violin since when I was 13. So for many years, I've learned it with my private tutor, but I've never experienced an orchestra. And if I were to experience that, um, it will likely be in college. And college is uh, where I first experienced you know, orchestra and get to participate in things like that. Um, so, so also like social life and just the things that the opportunity that you have um, that's outside of academics in college, um, it's really wonderful. And there's a lot of them. So I think those are some of the things that I learned um, and that are specific that college can provide for us um, that's outside of academics. Um, and obviously academics, it is a big part um, but if you truly want to learn, there's a lot of resources out there that you don't necessarily need a college degree or need a professor to teach you that. You can watch online. There's videos, there's um, different textbooks that you can buy. So there are lots of ways that you can learn. But um, to socialize, to, uh, to learn how to negotiate, to debate, or to, um, to simply have fun. I think these are some of the things that um, college can provide for you that you can't get elsewhere um, online or offline. Yeah. Thank you. I think this, those are things I look forward to learning in college too, just mm -hmm. engaging with more people. Yeah. Yeah. And I also forgot to mention um, because in college, you get to meet many different people, especially. Um, I think for for uh, Asprey, I keep on mentioning Asprey, but not a, for an advertisement, but I do love Asprey. Um, you will meet a lot of international students. We have a population of 20% international students. So like my hall has became um, an international hall. There's an Asian community. There's a, a, well, by Asian, I mean, I mean like Chinese, pop, uh, Chinese community. There's a Korean group, an Indian group, um, South African, and... Uh, Latinos, yeah. So there are many different peoples that you will meet, um, the people from different cultural backgrounds. And how do you, you know, just deal with people? How do you react, uh, interact with different people from different backgrounds? That's also, I think, uh, a social skill that um, college can provide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I suppose even mm -hmm. in workplaces, you wouldn't get to meet people as diverse as you might in college. Yes. Yeah. Right, and also in workplaces, um, it's more work-oriented. So you guys are working for the same goal. Um, but for college, it's like you can actually build a friendship that's outside of outside of work. Like people actually care about you, not because you guys are forced to be in the same college, uh, in the same working environment, but because they, they want to know you. There are people, um, your friends that really, um, you know, when you became friends with them, it's like, they, they want to get to know you as a person. That's more than just um, as a student or more than just, yeah, a foreigner, right? So that's also one of the things I really appreciate. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. You are studying media communications. Mm -hmm. Why did that's you right. choose this major? Yeah. So, well, that started when I was uh, back younger. Um, I've always enjoyed photography, uh, as you guys probably remember. But um, yeah, I picked a camera when I was quite young. I think when I was like 11 or 13. Um, but I have always had it as a hobby um, and never thought that I could, you know, pursue it as a major. 
um, I remember my first idea of like going to college, I was thinking of majoring in history, which looking back now, I really cannot survive in an environment where I have to learn history as, as my major. No offense to history majors, but it's just not something for me. Um, so I love photography. Um, and as I came to college, I wanted to move um, to explore in this area a little more and to move from photography to videography um, and also filmmaking and also um, just editing and all that. I'm really interested in that. And then Asbury has a really strong media program. They also bring students to the Olympics. So all of these combined made me really uh, just curious about what this major has to offer. One of the other big things or reasons that made me choose this major um, is that uh, there's a lack of, I feel like there's a lack of Christianity or Christian filmmakers out there. And that has been a question that I've been asking myself since before coming to college is what does a Christian filmmaker looks like? What does a Christian photography, a photographer differs from a secular photographer? You know, what are some of those characteristics that I can um, live out a Christian life with God, what God has given me with the available tools that, that I have? Um, so these are the questions that I've been asking myself and trying to figure out. I'm trying to find my purpose and what I want to do after college. Um, but all of this combined just made me more and more interested in this area. And I chose it as my major since coming to school. Um, that was my first major and it's still my major. And the more I learn about it, the more of the classes that I've taken um, where my professors would explain to me just how incredible movie this art form is because it's really an immersive um, art form where it's not like uh, a picture, a still picture, or it's not just audio like music, but as a combination of visuals and audio. And then it brings the whole persons into this environment. And you can really convey some strong image or strong uh, message through a movie. And um, I just feel like it, it is true that um, the movie industry has been a very uh, secularized uh, world. And I would like to see more Christian filmmakers um, in this industry, not necessarily just to create more Christian films. Um, in fact, a lot of the Christian films are, the quality of the Christian films are highly debatable and um, is not as good as secular films. So that's also one of the things that I wanted, wanted to do is to level up um, this Christian film industry and, um, and to see if, you know, just how God can use me in this area, how God can use me to, um, in this current age with internet and media um, being so prevalent, um, how God can use that um, and use me to, um, to spread the gospel or to, yeah, to do whatever he wants with me. So that, that's what made me choose this major. Yeah. Of course. Sorry, I was just thinking that I, I have, I would be really interested in, in seeing what you end up doing because I have some um, similar thoughts to just, well, mm. maybe not uh, similar in the sense of pursuing film, but just uh, there, there does seem to be a lack of Christian filmography. Right. And it would be really cool to see you join in that. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, and I don't know if I will end up in like working in Hollywood. Um, to be honest, that's not, that's really not my goal. Um, and I, I see myself 
in the future maybe working more in a smaller enterprise or like a Christian organization where they need, say, uh, they have a trip that goes to Guatemala and they wanted to document this whole trip. Um, I would be more than happy to help them out with that. Um, it's also a very technical industry. So as soon as you get into the classes, um, many students are interested in media. Just that's, that's just a general rule. A lot of students are interested in it, but um, you really have to, you know, like it, or you really have to know this is what you want before you join in, because um, as soon as you get in and the more deeper you go, you will realize it's, it's quite a technical industry as well. So if you're not uh, really into that, then maybe uh, that there will be, uh, I don't know, just difficulties that you need to push through. But also media, um, it's a very big category. It's a big spectrum. So you can always find something to do if you graduated with a media um, communication degree yeah, in the future. So um, you've mentioned that it is quite technical. Mm -hmm. So uh, what is the coursework for this major? Like you can just maybe quickly run us through a favorite assignment or? Yeah, sure. Um, so one thing, a uh, good thing about being a MediaCom major is that a lot of our textbooks are online and many of them are in video form. Um, so while all my other friends are like reading thick textbooks, I'll be watching in videos um, to learn my courses. So that's like a little <laughs> um, just easier way to, to learn, I feel like. Um, and then for the assignments, I took one class this semester. It's called multi-camera production. Um, and that basically just means um, you, there's multiple cameras involved and you have to learn how to control all of them. So we have a class of around 20 to, I think, 30 students. Um, and then we're divided into small groups. Our class for media, uh, for multi-cam, it's very project-based. So all of your grades are being graded on not how you answer the quizzes and not how you uh, score on tests or exams, but very project-based. So each project will be like, um, so for our first project, we have to conduct, um, we have to direct two cameras and then we'll put up like a, like a real life PowerPoint. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but it's like, it kind of tries to train you um, to have a mind of a director rather than the mind of a camera operator. So on a film set, there will be many different positions. There's the camera operator, there's the director, um, and then uh, there's the script he where she, uh, he or she will manage the script. Um, there's the talent, there's the interviewer, the interviewee, um, many different roles. And then our whole class will rotate the roles uh, throughout our class. And then everyone will be a director once. And as a director, you will be in the, in the studio, not on the set, um, but you will be directing people say like camera one, get ready, and then cut to camera one. And then ready camera two, cut to camera two. So that's like what you do and bring up graphics and do all that. Um, so that's, that's a very technical uh, assignment. Um, and our second assignment is where we have to conduct an interview between two or more people. Um, where for me, I did it uh, with a friend of mine who he published um, his first album. He's a musician and he published his first album um, on Spotify. And I thought that was pretty cool. So I decided to interview him. I found another friend of mine to be the interviewee. And then we did this like uh, interview thing. So that's one of my favorite assignments, but um, that's kind of like how this, this class goes. It's like a lot of projects. And then um, one thing that's particular to this is that 
it really takes a long time if you want to make this um, perfect, if you want to really get this well. Yeah, so, all right. This sounds really fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it is really fun. And if we, um, if we have a little more time, I'd like to share a little more. Um, so for our final project, we have Mario Kart. And um, our school has this real life Mario Kart where there's a little, um, little cart and it has a camera on top. And then we, as students, we are required to um, design the whole set, design where the, the track goes and then how the game operates, who's gonna be the commentator, who's gonna be the camera operator. And then we'll sign up for different roles and conduct a big game of Mario Kart. So I was one of the drivers and I was also one of the camera operators. Um, so I, and I can send you pictures perhaps afterwards, but like, that's like a really fun project that everyone was involved. And then we brought in audience, I mean, our friends to become like audience. And we set up this whole scene of where um, we just, had a big Mario Kart game and our grades are being graded upon how well we conducted that and how smooth was the transition um, and all of that. So it's really interesting. That does sound super. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Right. Mm. Okay, so in the course of your studies, you've had the opportunity to work at the Winter Olympics. That's right. mentioned a little just now. So yes, how did you come by the opportunity to join mm -hmm. the Winter Olympics? Yeah, um, it was actually super funny because I've always known that Asbury had this connection with um, the Olympics. And then I know that they sent students over, um, but I didn't know that the next Olympics, when I first got to Asbury, I didn't know the next uh, Olympics was happening back in China um, and it was the Winter Olympics. Um, so I was super excited when our professors told us that, hey, the next Olympics is coming up and we need 50 or 30 students to apply and the application is open. So I was like super excited because um, obviously I speak Chinese. So that's like super um, helpful when I was there. Um, I basically just went straight into my professor's office and I told him that, hey, I'm from China, like I speak perfect Mandarin. May I please go to the Winter Olympics? Um, and then he was super excited to know, get to know me as well because um, he's a very nice professor, by the way, um, Dr. Owens. And then, um, so he, we pretty much just had a, like an hour long conversation of him asking me like, how did I came to Asbury? Why am I interested in a media comp program and all of that? Um, I told him all about it. We were like having just such a great conversation. Um, and what I didn't know is that um, many of our students, because we have a big media program and whoever applies for this program um, gets the opportunity to go to the Olympics. Um, so it's only available for students who are within the media comp program. Um, however, you do have to have an interview before they will give you um, the final decisions of whether you're going, you're one of the 50 or you're not. So there's that selection process. And what I didn't know is that um, the time when I went into my professor's office and, uh, and talked with him, that kind of served as my interview, but I wasn't aware of it. Um, and because of that, because of that conversations that we had, I think that really got me into the, his list of the people that will be going. Um, so in the end, when his uh, application was sent out, obviously I put in all my information, like age and birth and all that. Um, and 
I wasn't asked to do another interview. So all of my friends are like asking like, hey, how, how's your interview go? And I was like, what, what interview? I'm not aware, like there's an interview required. Um, so I pretty much just got into it uh, after that uh, conversation that I had with my professor, which was amazing. Um, and yeah, when the time rolls by, we have to, um, all my other friends were like applying for a Chinese visa to travel abroad. I'm just like holding my Chinese ID and it's like, it's nothing for me. It's just going back to my home country. So um, yeah, I feel extremely fortunate because many of these opportunities are prioritized uh, for the seniors, then juniors, sophomores, and then lastly, freshmen. Um, but as a freshman, um, I get to participate in this uh, you know, the biggest game in the world and to help out with the broadcasting team. It was just super amazing. And I'm really thankful for um, for God to provide this opportunity during my freshman year. That's such a cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so tell us about your experiences there. What did you have to do, maybe? Yeah, so it was a... Um, around 20 plus days, almost three, I think three or four weeks that I was in Beijing um, and during the Winter Olympics. And um, so I was assigned, the role that I signed up for is titled a runner. And a runner is basically the lowest position that you can get in a film production. Um, and that is you do whatever they need you to do. You know, if they need you to deliver meals, if they need you to go, by the McDonald's or like um, to help out with anything, lifting things, uh, carrying things. You were just basically an extra hand on set. Um, and that was a lot of the positions that um, us as students um, got when we first get there. Um, however, as soon as my production, uh, so I got very lucky. I got divided into a uh, an American team um, because most of the teams over there are international. Many of them are Chinese, many of them are Americans, and many of them are just from Europe and all over the world. Um, but I got very lucky that I was put into an American team because that way I can actually speak English and be able to help out with the translation. Um, if I was put into a Chinese team, it would still be beneficial, uh, but just not as beneficial because I wouldn't be able to help out with the translation. So since my whole team um, from our director to the uh, the manager to the camera operators they are all americans and they all speak english i was very um lucky to to just to help out with that um so as soon as my manager like discovered that i can speak english and i can do translation fairly well um i became um he brought me to become the lead utility or uh, assistant camera of himself so he was a uh, he was a camera operator and then, so I am basically following my camera operator. He's a handheld camera up. So he goes to them. We were featuring uh, snowboarding and skiing. So early in the morning, we'll go up to the mountaintop and then um, to start filming the, the athletes getting ready. Um, and then I am the one carrying the cables that's following him. And it's like, it's like literally 15 meters, meters of cables that's in my hand it's like super heavy and whenever he's going forward I have to feed him the cables whenever he's coming back I have to roll back the cables um but because uh I I would say I was very hardworking during that time I do um, work very hard when I was there um and he sees that so 
um, to uh, in order to help me out, he also brought two other assistants that was under me. So I am the lead utility and below me, there are two runners that will help me also carry the cable um, whenever it gets really long. So my job is to keep him safe. Basically, whenever he started filming, um, his, his job is to find good angles and to feature what are the highlights and to film. Um, and my job is to make sure that he is safe because we're on top of a mountain, we're on a slope. I need to make sure that my camera operator does not run into any athletes. The cables does not trip any athletes. Um, whenever they come close, we have to roll it over them or like go under. Um, and I have to make sure that he doesn't trip over the cables that's behind him, which uh, might sounds easy in a, in a you know normal room temperature, but you gotta remember like that was negative 30 degrees on top of a mountain Celsius. Um, so it was extremely cold. All the cables were frozen and we were all freezing. We had like foot warmers, hand warmers, but still um, it was super cold. And then I remember one day like I came off the mountain. We were also required to wear masks. So um, because of your breath, like your face is like, uh, your mask is like frozen. Um, and then, and then I had this frozen mask that's like stick to my face for, for like um, six to eight hours a day. And then there's one day I came down and it was like all of this areas is purple and it, it was super, super rough, but um, I really enjoyed it. And I think because of, because of the, the, just the opportunities that I had and the ability to translate, um, I was able to help out a lot. And then at one point, <clears throat> Um, all the Chinese college students over there, many of them spoke English, um, but still uh, it wasn't as good as like how we would communicate. So at one point, my camera operator has to, um, he asked me to be the translator. And then there's like a huge group of people and where he will announce and then I'll translate to the rest of the team. Um, so that was also one of the things that I did while I was there. A big part of it is all about translating um, and just help the communication to, to work better. Um, and I also got another position as a photographer. So the team that we're working with, it's called OBS, which represents Olympic Broadcast Services. And they have all the rights. They have the rights to all of the video content and the visual content that's being created for the Olympics. And then from OBS, they will send out to like different countries um, those signals. And then they will, uh, the different countries will broadcast um, their own athletes. So that's how it functions. But the team as an OBS uh, uh, community, this service, um, they need photographers not to shoot contents of the athletes, but they want to document the way they work. They want to document um, their own workers, uh, their own photographers, their own like team. So, um, and at that time, we only had three photographers. Um, and then Actually, there could be more photographers than three, but as far as I am aware, um, I was put in Zhang Jiakou, and that was far from Beijing. That was far from the this, uh, the city side. So, in order for them to have a photographer over there, um, instead of sending one from Beijing, they assigned me and another student to become the photographer of that area. So, our job, my second job. Technically, I'm not, uh, you know, legally signed for that job. But um, my second job is to be the photographer and document uh, whenever my camera operators were setting up their cameras, whenever they are carrying things, uh, moving around when they're doing their job. Um, that's when I'll go around with my camera and shoot those photos, add to them, and send it back to Beijing, and they will put them on their websites and um, other media, social medias. So those are some of the roles that I did when I was there in Beijing. 
Mm-hmm. Sounds like a lot of work, or you work the whole day, and then you still have to film them setting up the Yeah. camera. Yeah, it was really quite busy. Um, and many of my friends who were there, uh, we usually work, um, our working hours are half, half a day. It's usually six or eight hours. Um, yeah. And then, uh, but I do recognize that it's a lot of work, but I mean, it's the Olympics. So I was so excited that I just want to do it. I just wanted to do more. Um, and even while I was there, uh, whenever there will be times when uh, we have nothing assigned to do. Um, so we will have free time during those hours. And whenever we have nothing to do, that's when I'll, you know, grab my camera and start taking photos of what everyone else is doing. And it's really a great learning experience um, because you're seeing the professionals doing what they do best. Um, and they are top, like world top, you know, photographers or videographers or directors. Um, but just being able to see that and document it, that was a very, very accomplishing, I think, um, and very rewarding for me personally. So with all the free times that I had, um, a lot of times I would just carry my camera around and just go shoot photos and I see where um, everyone else is, what they're doing, and try to learn as much as possible. Mm You already pretty much mentioned -hmm. what Mm -hmm. is the most rewarding part of the experience for you. Would you like to say more or listen? Yeah, I think uh, I will add on a little bit. The working experience is definitely very important. And I think I learned a whole lot from there. In fact, after from um, since the Olympics, when I got back to classes, um, all my classes, media classes seem so easy. Um, and we were learning how to, they were still learning how to roll the cables. There's a certain way to do it that's best for the cable. It's called over under. So whenever they're still learning that, um, I mean, I've already done it in the Olympics, like doing it for uh, three, two or three weeks. The learning experience is definitely a, a big part of it. Uh, but also, I think just the friendship that I made and the connection that I made um, with two different groups. So there's um, the Chinese students that were there. So many of the employees, um, the runners, so-called runners, um, are Chinese college students that I get to met while I was there. And I think it was just super good experience because whenever we finish working, Um, our camera operators, our directors will literally invite us to go to dinners. And then we'll all go to dinner as a big team. Um, sometimes uh, it's bigger and sometimes it's just smaller groups, but we will hang out. We will just have dinner and just share our life experiences. Um, and then, uh, so I get to meet a lot of the Chinese students who are in Chinese media um, colleges. Uh, there's the Beijing Chuanmei Dashue and Beijing Tiyu Dashue, um, Beiti, Beili. Uh, um, so all of these universities, their students um, would come and help out. So I got to meet a lot of them. And just to know, um, because I feel like for me personally, growing up in a private school, um, I've always lacked that connection with people who are from the public schools. Um, but that experience really made me just to get to know um, my own people a, a little more and then get to know them um, and get to talk with them and see what their life goals are, what they want to do after college. So as a college student meeting other college students, I think it's always a good experience whenever we exchange conversations. And then also there's the other people group of my supervisors, uh, people who are above me to learn from them. Um, in fact, my camera operator, he was so nice that the day before we left, he told me to come to his room And I was like, what's up? I'm, I'm packing up. I'm, I'm about to leave. And he's like, just come to my room. So 
So obviously I have to obey. So <laughs> I said, okay. So I went to his room and he gave me his pocket knife. So he showed me this pocket knife and he was like, this has been a great tool that I've used for many years and I want you to have it. Um, and it's for you to tell me stories afterwards. And I was, that was just such an emotional moment because he really doesn't have to do that. It's not part of his job. It's not part of his requirements or anything. But because of him being himself and being such a nice person, he just wanted to, um, he saw me as, as someone, uh, he was as if like a mentor to me, you know, and I was new to the industry. I don't know. There's a lot of things that I don't know what to do, but he has been in the industry for over 10 years. And he was just so willing to pour out into me with all the knowledge that he had. Um, he even used the analogy. He was like uh, the night when we had a dinner, um, he's like, I just hope that I could have a USB that plugged into my brain and I can take all of these and plug into you. Um, so he was really, really just kind in sharing those knowledge to me um, and to get to know people like that, not just him alone, um, but also um, his supervisors, his directors, um, to get to know those people. Um, before we left, uh, my camera operator was telling me if I ever need a job after college, he will be more than happy to um to ask me to be his camera assistant again and i was just so uh, incredibly grateful for those opportunities because um you get to know these people and by your hard work they also recognize that and they would like to work more with you and actually after coming back just last week i got a call from cbs sports and then kentucky the university of kentucky is having a football game with the University of Georgia, which was the champion of last semester, uh, last year for um, the FNL, I think the football league um, here in the States. And then um, they need some extra hands on, on deck to help out with the broadcasting team. So they reached out to our university and my professor announced it in class and asked whoever is available should go ahead and apply. So I had applied for it. And I got a call back from CBS Sports. They're telling me, hey, we have this position available. And if you would like to, uh, to help out, here are available um, like schedules. So I signed up for it. Um, and then apparently the director and the team that I worked with back in the Olympics, they happened to know them. Um, and they were friends, like their director is friends with my director. And when they asked me who did I work with when I was in Beijing, um, I mentioned the name of my director and then they happened to know each other. So it's really a small industry when you really get into it. Um, and then once you get to know the people, uh, there's just a lot that you can learn from them. And then a lot of these connections will ultimately help you out in the, in the long run. Uh, whenever you are graduated, you're looking for a job. That's a lot of things that I learned from from. Um, the most rewarding things I learned from the Olympics. Yeah, it sounds like such a cool and such a rich experience. It really was, yeah. Okay, so I, mm. I guess you've also already mentioned this already. Mm. Um, mm. Do, do you think there are just unique advantages from field experiences you just can't learn in the classroom? Oh, you... yeah, for sure. I was just going to say, like, obviously, um, Character, character is a big thing because in a classroom, you can learn how to be, you can learn how to over under, you can learn how to operate a camera, but can you operate in camera and still keep up with the production quality when you've already worked for six hours um, out in the cold, you're freezing and it's like negative 30 degrees outside and you still have to work two hours more. 
those are the times when it's most challenging for me. Um, because during that time, everyone is tired. It's like playing a football game or soccer. And it's those last 20 minutes, last 10 minutes, when you really have to push through. Um, those are the hardest time. And that, I don't think you can learn it inside a classroom. Um, you really have to experience it. Um, and to put you in an environment that's very severe, that's very um, tough. And then to see if you're, you know, would you give up? and or or would you push through it um so our camera operator was very nice and like during those times he would always just encourage us he would turn around and just tell us like hey i know we're all tired i'm tired if you think you're carrying those cables are tired i'm carrying this huge camera on my shoulder so he's even more tired than i am um and then just in those moments would you be able to push through it um, to have the courage to do that um to endure hardship uh, I think those characters are really built through real life experience. Yeah, I guess I guess when we see movies or film, they they are <laughs> so smooth and polished. You, you right. Think of the physical work behind. Yeah, honestly, it's quite tedious, especially in a film set. Um, for sports, it's a little different because it just goes through it once, and you have to capture it no matter what. But like in a film set. You basically have to repeat the motion over and over and over and over again until you get the best part. Um, you get the best recording of it, and then you take that out um, and put it all together. So it's really um, like it looks the final product is very definitely very rewarding. But the process of getting to that is it can be very tedious sometimes. And there are times where you just have to push through. You just have got to do it again. Um, those characters are really built whenever you have you have like uh, real life experiences. Yeah. Thank you for your insight. Of course. Mm -hmm. So we will switch topics a little and just ask more about yeah. social life in America. Sure. So mm -hmm. well, at least for me, brought into a completely foreign society just seems mm -hmm. intimidating. Yes, just how do you adjust to this completely different culture and make new friends in college? Yeah, I think that's that's also a very interesting question. Um, uh, there are some, I would say, advantages in a way that I had when I first got here. Um, obviously, I was very excited and uh, being an extrovert or more of an extrovert, um, I was really open to get to know more people. Um, and before, uh, even before coming to Asbury, uh, I was warned or I was told that many of our, um, especially Asian or Chinese students who comes to America and study, uh, tends to stay within a community that they feel comfortable with. Um, it could be with other Asians, it could be with other Chinese, um, but it's just that little group that we group ourselves in. Um, and a lot of times Chinese students tend to stay in that. So being noticed of that, um, I wanted to break this. I didn't want to stay in a single group and just call that my comfort zone. Um, I wanted to push out of it and get to know um, like Americans, um, people from other uh, universities or other countries. So I was very intentional in, in pushing through that. And whenever I recognize myself in um, like when I tend to hide back or feel like I'm shying away from the community, when I recognize that about myself, I try to push through it. I try to um, avoid that and to venture out a little more. So during my freshman year, especially my first semester here, 
um, I made a decision. I was like, okay, um, it's my first time traveling to the U.S. and it's my first time leaving my family and living in a different country for so long. So I'm going to put my academics aside for now. It's not like I don't care about my academics. I'll put it aside and I'll try my best to do all my all the requirements that I need to do. But at the same time, I wanted to focus on my social life and really get to adjust because I have four years coming in front of me. I don't really need to rush my academics. So that was the decision that I made. And I put it aside um, and I was focusing more on the social life. So whenever, uh, especially in university, there would be lots of opportunities where you have um, times to hang out with your friends, lots of opportunities where you have um, different activities on campus, sports activities, music activities, um, different ensembles, different uh, orchestra or like different uh, just activities, lots of activities that you can attend. Um, with all of that, it also comes with time commitment. Um, but since I was putting aside my academics, I tried to attend most of that um, as much as possible and really get to know the people, not just on a surface level um, and saying hi, but like, um, really get to know them as a person and see if I could, um, you know, build up a friendship from there. Um, and funny enough, uh, and very rewarding enough, um, by the end of my first semester, um, even when I was trying to focus on my social life and all that, um, I, I got all A's on my academics, which was really, um, I think, a, a really blessing of God, because I really wasn't focusing on that. And I was uh, lacking a little behind, but I was able to manage it. So sometimes when I feel like, you know, even back when I was in high school, I don't feel like I'm the smartest in the school. But um, with what I am, I was able to get all A's in college. So many of our prior trainings, I feel like, um, especially for Asian students, we tend to be more um, humble and like try not to brag about it or um, just that's the more humble approach to it, which is awesome. Um, but I feel like uh, we have greater potential. There's um, some things that we don't recognize about ourselves that's very valuable. And then whenever we bring that to college, um, people will want to know it, you know, people want to know you. Um, coming from a different culture. So when you find those people and really build that relationship, um, it's also very rewarding and it can be very um, psychologically healthy um, just when you have those friends that you can actually interact um, and get to share your experience with them. Um, and also I didn't shy away from being open about myself. Um, so with the things that I am interested in or with the things that that's more personal to me, that's more private, um, I was also able to share that with my friends. And then obviously it depends on the setting, but I was able to build up really personal relationships very soon um, during my freshman year. Um, and then from that point on, it kind of just built on and on because the more activity that you're involved in, the more people get to know you and you get to know people. And then in the end, you made, you know, just friend groups in different areas. Um, whenever I go into the music department, I have a group of friends who are music majors. Whenever I'm in the media department, I have a group of friends who are media um, department. And then there's also, I'm involved in the intramural soccer team. So there's a group of soccer guys that I know, a group of guys on my hall that I know, um, a group of just many different activities will get you to different friend groups. Um, and I really enjoyed just having the opportunity to know people and get to know them and hang out with different variety of people. And that was that was kind of like my mindset in my freshman years when I first get here um, and made a lot of friends. Sounds like it takes a lot of intentionality to like, mm -hmm. actively seek for it and work for it, kind of um, good for academics. I guess I mm -hmm. didn't quite think of it that way before. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, um, it's definitely a very intentional thing. And I think um, when you are intentional about your relationship, people can see that. And when you when you try to get to know people um, in, a, in a way like that, uh, they also want to try to get to know you. So um, it's, it's like both ways. And then you end up blessing each other because of that. And when you're being genuine, when you're being open about your yourself, they are being uh, they are more willing um, to open up themselves. And then you have you know you end up with like friends who are actually um, you know they care about you and they 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 want to get to know you. The next question, I guess, is again about COVID. Um, it's my understanding that usually schools, well, some schools don't allow students to stay uh, during the holidays especially right. the long holidays but yeah. COVID has made travel quite difficult between countries mm -hmm. so um how do you spend your holidays yeah so I am very fortunate and I think all the internationals on campus are very fortunate because of our policies at Asbury for all the international students on campus we are allowed to apply to stay on campus whenever we have a break um, and usually um, they would approve it because international students, it's really hard for international students to travel back and forth with the amount of money and then just traveling difficulties. So the university sees that and they give uh, international students the special privilege. Um, so if you're an American student, then they would strongly suggest you to go home. Um, but if you're an international student, um, they will allow you to stay on campus if necessary. Um, so you do have to apply for it. But usually the application is very chill. It's very easy. And then you just have to go through it and then apply, say, hey, I want to stay on campus. Um, so that's one way. Um, but there's also many other ways because um, as more people you get to know, many of your friends will literally invite you to go to your house. Um, some of my friends were telling me there's one. Um, he was telling me like uh, his parents were was telling him that if he didn't bring international students back to his household, he would get scolded by his parents. He'd be like, like, what are you doing? Like, where are all the international students? Bring them back to our household. Um, so literally many of American families that I've met are very welcoming. Um, and then uh, they would love to invite you to, to get to know you more and invite you to their household. So I think, honestly, that has been a true blessing for me because um, if I am an American student, then I'll have to, for Thanksgiving or for Christmas, I'll have to go back to my home. Um, like there's no, uh, usually that's how you would spend the time. It's with your family. But since I'm an international student, I can spend time with uh, my friend for this Thanksgiving. And then the coming Christmas, I can spend with another friend. And then the coming Thanksgiving or the ne next break, I can spend with another friend. Like I can literally travel around the United States because of that. Um, friendships that I that I have um, and that's in fact what happened uh, to me since I got here uh, last Thanksgiving I was invited to join my my friend uh, his name is Tyler he invited me to go to Atlanta Georgia that was like six hours away from us and then he drove us there and then we pretty much just spend Thanksgiving with his family um, and then this coming Thanksgiving I was again like not sure where I'm going um I wanted to stay on campus because life was just so busy and then I got really overwhelmed and I really want just some quiet time but then in the end I realized it was like Thanksgiving break was seven days plus four days of weekend so that makes it nine days and I was like 
I don't really want to spend nine days on campus just by myself. So I decided last minute, minute to go to another friend's house. Uh, and here I am, I'm actually sitting in his um, bedroom. <laughs> so at this moment, but yeah, there are always friends who will welcome you to their household um, if you are intentional about it, because people never know. People don't know where you're going. So you have to ask them to say, hey, I don't know where I'm going. Like, can I come to your house during Thanksgiving? Um, and if you reach out, more than likely, they will say yes. Uh, and then, yeah, and you will get to spend time with different families to go travel in different parts of the United States. And I think that is a, just a special blessing that international students get to have. Also, um, I like to add uh, one thing more. So for Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, the shorter breaks, uh, it's easier to find time to spend with a family. Um, but for summer breaks, it's quite long. It's like several months long. Um, so for me, last summer, what I did uh, is that usually international students will choose to go back home during summer just because the break is longer. Um, but for me, it wasn't really possible. So I stayed over last summer. Um, and what I did was that um, our university has a policy that if you work as a student on campus, for over 40, uh, for 40 hours a week, that is like eight hours per day for five days, then you are allowed to stay on campus for free. So they will provide a housing for free for you and you will have a place to stay in your dorm room. Um, and then, uh, but you will have to cook for yourself because um, the cafeteria is obviously closed and there's no one working over the summer. So uh, you will have to cook for yourself. But um, the good thing is that we have senior housing, senior and junior housing, that's more or less like an apartment, um, like an Airbnb. So there's a living room, there's several bedrooms, and then there's a kitchen. Um, so all the summer students, uh, international students who are staying on uh, during summer will be put into that um, one apartment. And then, so I was able to find a couple of other friends who stayed with me over summer. And it was just such a an amazing experience because it's pretty much like experiencing life after college. You worked an eight hour day work. Um, and then I was working at the uh, Asbury admissions office. Um, so from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., I would go to work um, like a regular, you know, how life will be like after college. I'll go to work and then after five, I'll come back home, go to the gym with my friends to go work out or play sports and then come back home we will cook together, have dinner together, and then I still have all the evening to myself um, before the next day comes and then um, repeat the same process um, from 8 a.m. So I really got into this routine of um, just working and then coming back home, cooking for myself, and then I was cooking three meals a day um, throughout the entire summer. It was quite a lot, but I really learned a lot in, in, that's, in that skill. And that's another thing um, I see, uh, I think that you will learn in college is that um, how do you live? You know, how do you live as a person? Because now you have to provide yourself. Now you have to cook for yourself. Um, do you even know how to cook for yourself? You know, so a lot of times, like that's where you will get to learn all these. Um, and I was just really uh, blessed to to have several guys with me who are very diligent and very clean. Um, and we developed this system. Um, we call it the Pike C Constitution, where we assign each rows, like who's taking out trash for today, for this week, uh, who's washing dishes. If you made dinner, then you are exempt from washing dishes. Um, and then how, how organized is the living room and how are we um, distributing all of the gas money and all that. Um, so 
it really it was really a functional system that we have um, during the summer and then that was just another way that students get to spend summer on campus um, is to stay on campus and then work on campus um, and you will have housing provided for you for free thank you king and i mm -hmm. i really learned a lot from your sharing and, and i really could take a lot of the advice to Mm -hmm. I guess for closing, do you have mm -hmm. any any more advice for people going to study abroad? Yeah, I think um, especially for Chinese students or students that I know of, um, we tend to over prepare or we tend to uh, worry a lot more. I think preparation is not a bad thing. It's good to to be prepared. Um, but also another big thing is that uh, is you got to be mentally prepared as well, uh, because there's definitely going to be changes. It's a whole different culture, different country, different people that you meet on the street. So be mentally prepared that there's going to be difficulties. There's going to be times when you are um, not sure what you're doing. There's going to be times where um, you miss home um, and a lot of those emotion comes. But so just be expectant of that, knowing that that's coming whenever it's here, you'll be like, oh, OK, I've thought through this. I know how to um, maybe I don't know how to deal with it, but I know that this is coming. So being expectant of that will really help you um, to, to to deal through those um, emotions when they come. Um, and then just expect changes, expect different uh, difficulties and be willing to push through it. Um, be expecting hardships and be willing to work hard for it. Um, be intentional, especially um, with your relationships, uh, because those are the times when you need friends to encourage you. Um, there might be times when you feel strong yourself and you're like, I will, I can do this. I can get an A. I can do whatever you want it to do. Um, but there will be times when hardship comes and you will feel discouraged. Um, so during the times, it's your friends, it's your um those relationships that you built and your relationship with God, those are the times when you needed that to um, to help you to push through, uh, to help you to sustain yourself, basically. So um, I think that's that's one of the biggest advice that I'll give for future students, um, for future students to come. Yeah. Thank you, King, for sharing. I'll just quickly introduce the rest of our team is also here. And yeah, sounds good. And they may have some questions. Okay. Hi, I'm Sally, and I'm a big fan of your work. <laughs> hey, Sally. Hello. It's good to see you. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. I wanted to ask, will you guys like be making mm. student films in your program, maybe in your senior year? Is that something that, yeah, media communications yeah. program will do? Right. Um, and let me tell you, I am working on four separate student producing films right now. Um, even oh when it comes to my senior year. <laughs> okay. So yes, definitely. Yes, there will be lots of opportunities for you to work on films. Um, for me personally, I haven't been directing my own films yet. Um, so I'm not uh, planning to do that until later, until I have more experience. Um, but because you will have different talents to add, uh, to add on to the team, um, they will always be looking for extra hands to help out. Those seniors who are working on their senior projects, they will need other freshmen and seniors to help out with what they're doing. So yes, there will be lots of different opportunities, lots of different student producing films. Oh, that's really cool. We can't wait to yeah. see what you're working on. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited for it. 
Um, and to add on to that, uh, we also have a um, annual film festival. It's called the Highbridge Film Festival. That's uniquely Kentucky, uh, uniquely Wilmore, I think. And then um, that's when our school will feature all the student produ uh, producing films. Um, 12 of them will be selected out of all the, the ones that are uh, being hosted. And then we will feature them in our chapel in the Hughes Auditorium, where all the students will come and participate. It's a pretty big event that we've been holding. It's like a tradition of ours. Be, um, we've been holding for like over 100 years. So um, everyone will be like dressed up super nicely um, to watch movies, basically. And then we'll have a party afterwards and discuss about it. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Of course. Hi, Kanan. I'm your yeah, second biggest sure. fan. So uh, <laughs> what sort of people, just to follow up on Sally's question, what sort of people mm -hmm. um, do you think is right for media and communications major or what kind of qualities does this major particularly yeah. look for? Honestly, I feel like media communication is such a big spectrum that if you are just at all interested in media com, um, you should you should consider it um, because a lot of times many of my friends who are like English majors who are writers um, their their mentality is still thinking that okay since I like to write since I like to read maybe I should become a English major um, and I would argue that that's not necessarily true um, in many cases because if you graduated with a with an English degree um, there are less, I think, job opportunities than if you say you graduated with a MediaCom major, um, because in MediaCom there are, um, you know, script writers, there are um, reporters, there are interviewers. Those are all under the spectrum of a MediaCom umbrella. So um, there are many of my friends who are not like me, who are into the camera. I'm very like technical and like I like camera stuff. But like many of my friends who are in the media department, they are writers, they are storytellers. Um, and basically, um, the essence of filmmaking is storytelling. It's just how do you tell a story in a visual and audio form? Um, that's that's what filmmaking is about. But basically, when it comes down to um, the, the bottom line, it is really just storytelling in a different art form. So we need writers. We need um, people who are comfortable standing in front of a camera. Um, unlike myself, I am extremely awkward whenever I'm, I'm in a camera. Um, but so... Like these are all um, like if you're interested in that in reporting or being in the news broadcast or uh, writers, storytellers, um, these are all uh, like good signs that media communication might be a good option for you. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I like the way you describe your major as a spectrum instead of just a single path. Right. It's good to know. Yeah. And um, I will also mention that it's not just media comm as a, as a like department. In our department, there's the media comm major, um, but there are also different emphasis. So for me, I'm a film emphasis, but that does not apply to everyone else. Sometimes there's audio is also a big part of it. Um, and then also there's instructional design. So if you're into like um, pictures or animations, um, animation is a different uh, category, but like uh, designing like posters, or online websites or um, different logos or, and all that. We, uh, I took one of the class that literally told us, uh, just taught us how to use all the programs um, that Adobe offers, many of those in designing programs. So that's like um, another big thing that's uh, in the media department, but not in the film emphasis, that's in other emphasis. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Of course.
Out of curiosity, what are your favorite films? What are my favorite films? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think there are definitely many, many films that I really enjoy. Um, just one that I watched, rewatched recently um, is Inception. And every time I watch it, I just love it even more. Um, I'm a big fan of Christopher Nolan, who is the director of Inception already. And then um, just the way that I think I really cannot comprehend how this guy was able to come up with the story um, because it's really, it's like, it's not telling a single story anymore. It's like different layers of dreams are different stories, but they all interwines together and forms a single storyline, uh, a coherent storyline and be able to explain it to your audience um, and not confuse everyone. I think that is just art. That is pure art. That's when um, a good story is combined with good visuals and sound design. And it's all mixed up together um, and just in a very wonderful and beautiful way um, that was presented. Um, and yeah, so, so that's definitely one of my favorite films. It's Inception. <laughs> yeah, thanks to Samuel, we have basically all watched Inception already. Yes, <laughs> that's good, that's good. Yeah, it's really one of those classics. Um, and then I have a class that I'm taking this semester, it's called Film Aesthetics. And it's basically our assignment, um, besides the quizzes and exams, is to watch a film a week. And then our, our homework is to watch movies. And then on every Friday night, we will literally cancel class. Um, so on Friday Fridays, we don't have class for that, for that class. And then we'll have that extra time to watch a movie. Um, and then you will be quizzed upon the movie um, as far as just how much you know about the movie. And we will analyze them in the coming class. Um, so yeah, those are interesting classes. And all my other, you know, many of my other majors will be like really jealous about media comm majors just because um, we get to have that, you know, as a homework is to watch movies. Um, but yeah, we watch a lot of um, black and white films, um, the old classics, um, uh, Casablanca is also a great movie that where a good story is combined with a good uh, visual storytelling. Um, yeah, so, so there's that class as well, film aesthetics. <laughs> So cool. Thank you, Kanan, for taking your time and sharing with us. And thank you for tuning into Thought Jar. Happy Thanksgiving! <laughs>